feel like everyone devotes a lot of attention to the starving artist, but what about... The well-fed. Yeah, the well-fed, the fat cat artist. But yeah, I mean, no, like, I think actually all these artists are people we've very briefly mentioned in the past, but we've never listened to any of their music. So we've got a good selection of high-level government officials and CEOs of private corporations. Sports team owners. These are the men who are predestined to go to heaven. Yeah, that's right. Their ticket is already punched. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, on the one hand, it's like you can't begrudge anyone for having a hobby. But then on the other hand, the only reason they play, like, any venues at all is, like, either, like, guilt of their employees or, like, corporate favors. Like, it's all just, like, glad-handing, which is what makes all this shit so, like, frustrating. I don't know. I feel like I can begrudge them of this. I feel like they should. I feel like they yeah, shouldn't true. be allowed to do it. And if they are allowed to do it, it should just be a hobby. And we definitely shouldn't have to hear about it in somewhere like, say, Rolling Stone. Yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at. Of like, if this, if these guys were just playing in their basement with their friends, it's like, okay, that's a nice weekend hobby. They're drinking a beer. They're playing some shitty blues music. But yeah, it's just the 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 incessant like media attention and like forcing their employees <laughs> to watch them do it or. Uh, one of these guys doing like a, a college show. It's like all these captive audiences of people who don't want to hear Just their shitty music. like 35 emails from Monday to Friday afternoon reminding you that attending your boss's show is mandatory and that it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, to, and, to, and, the, and that um, you get a discount on the ticket, but you got to bring like minimum three other people and they pay full price. There's a weird dissonance between how this is treated in the media and uh, how these guys get talked about on Wikipedia because uh, <laughs> I've noticed that uh, James Dolan, one of the guys we'll be talking about, uh, it says that his uh, his band JD and the Straight Shot is a vanity project, <laughs> which is such a rude thing to say. Absolutely. It seems like that seems very yeah. Biased you're right. On Wikipedia, it says Vanity Project and it has two citations. <laughs> and then on uh, David Solomon, on his page, it says he recreationally produces EDM records, which also seems very uh, underhanded. Yeah, that's he recreationally recreationally does it, and it also says right after that he has performed at nightclubs and music festivals, so he has done work but it's still recreational because of how much it sucks yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter if he got paid it doesn't matter if he did like coachella or whatever no it's a hobby that uh people are indulging him in including the chain smokers who he opened for (laughs) was it coachella that got flooded this year uh bonnaroo 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 Bonnaroo. Uh, i was gonna say it was because david solomon played and uh the pussies got wet (laughs) that's right that's right desol his uh, anachronistic Goa uh, Goa trance set just was so emotional that people were crying too. So it just added to the amount of liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Created a flash flood. Yeah, Alex. After you brought up uh, James Dolan's band JD and the Straight Shot, uh, I'm on his Wikipedia too, and it's uh, there's a paragraph about how the New York Times described uh, him as a karaoke grade singer, and noted that Dolan's musical talents are unlikely to endanger his day job. <laughs> Everyone was taking shots at him, but Savage. he's still getting coverage in the New York Times, you know? Like, of course. The name of his band is a reference to the shot he has to take every day to stay straight. <laughs> was that Smithers on The Simpsons that did that? 
I think so. I can't remember, honestly. I mean, I know right now we're talking about, uh, you know, the Knicks owner, Goldman Sachs, CEO, et cetera. But I think we got to go back to where we started talking about this before we were recording and get back to Anthony Blinken. Oh, yeah. A.B. Lincoln. A.B. Lincoln. He's so satisfied with that. That little pun he has. Yeah. So he thinks bad. it's so funny. But uh, this is like the end of the Obama administration. He did a performance with uh, the band called Coalition of the Willing, or Cow. Mm-mm-mm. I don't like that. It's very funny. It's a reference to the countries they got to kill a million Iraqis for no reason. <laughs> A cheeky little reference. Yep, and this event was for the British ambassador to the U.S., so uh, they love that kind of cheekiness about Iraq. And also just the song, they're performing the song Hoochie Coochie Man. Terrible. Not a very good song, I have to Mm -mm. say. And Muddy Waters, that's a really disgusting thing to name yourself. It sounds like poop. Are you a doo-doo guy? It's nasty. So that guy with those licks, I think that's Andras Simonyi, Hungarian ambassador to to the U.S. and NATO representative. Boo. Man, so funny. You can imagine he's performing for Viktor Orban all the time. He He went on the Colbert Report. In 2006, he tried to get a thing going where they would name a bridge in Hungary after Stephen Colbert. Uh And he was like the interview guy they got to do. They got to do it, and uh, I guess it didn't work. (laughs) They didn't name it anything. (laughs) They're probably just like, no, we want to name it after after a Nazi. We want to name it after one of the Viteshi and Rend, not Colbert. Yeah, Colbert's too evil. Yeah. Oh, oh this fuck. is terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> this is the this is my least favorite type of music. I think I've mentioned this before. This type of like fucking old white guy blues is just I Yeah, this is so You have bad, to be over fifty. Or even 60. Like, there's nothing entertaining about this. It's just cringy and, like, it's fucking awful. <laughs> Is that the Hungarian ambassador singing? Yeah. Although it was Blinken singing earlier, and they, like, traded mm-hmm. off, right? Yeah, they're trading off. They do these little nods to each other, and it's all rehearsed. And it really makes me nauseous to think about them rehearsing this doing their cute little nods <laughs> to each other and getting into it and giving each other winks yeah. and smiles also this really doesn't need to be a six-piece band performing this right now uh, everybody wants a piece of this no it's like a teenager hot band. Blues action. <laughs> You're right. yeah there's there's a funny like reverse bell curve <laughs> with the, the amount of guitarists in a band with yes, age. absolutely. Where if you're in a band of 13-year-olds, you're going to have seven guitarists. Because <laughs> it's like someone's mom is, is giving you a ride there, so you can't kick him out. And <laughs> yeah. 
It's one kid's dad who has the basement you play in, so you can't get it's rid of him. It's another kid's dad who has, like, uh, the extra amp or whatever. One, one kid's dad has uh, all the good sodas <laughs> whenever we go over there. And it's also true like that with old guy bands. Because uh, old guys don't want to kick each other out of a band. They don't want to fight. No, they... And they don't really give a shit because all the... Like, they don't give a shit about... Uh, Splitting up the fee because they're playing like block parties. Yeah, exactly. So you might as well have ten guys. Who cares? And you're not really touring, so you might as well like they're gonna take their own car yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's like the equivalent of having a bridge game with your friends, basically. Yeah. Just invite everyone over, and we're just gonna hang out, and it's low stakes, you know. Which sounds fun and nice in theory, but then in practice, you get this. Yeah, and it gets back yeah, to what we were saying earlier. Of, if they were just doing this at Anthony Blinken's house in the basement and drinking some beers, no one could begrudge them. Yes, but like forcing people to sit through this performance, like at like a government function, so fucking funny. This performance is so laborious too. Like it just keeps going around and around. Yeah, it's a grind. Jeff Skunk Baxter is one weird-looking motherfucker. Is that the mustache guy? Yeah. He's got this long-ass handlebar mustache and a ponytail. Yeah, he looks like a. Even though he's like 95 years old. It's like hippie Wilford Brimley kind of. Yeah, totally. He's a missile defense consultant. God, that's just blackface. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. You're doing minstrel shows. She's like, oh, come on, man. Billy Crystal jazz band yes. level pastiche. Just every, why shout out the names? Everybody knows who this is. There's like 50 people in the room. Come on, man. You all know each other. Do we want to see them perform without uh, Anthony Blinken? Yeah, why not? <laughs> This is just a coalition of the willing with Skunk Baxter covering the Beatles because, I guess because this is for the British uh, ambassador. Here we go. Oh, wait, maybe there's a different song. Oh, I guess it's an original. Yeah, what is this? I just assumed it was a Beatles cover. <laughs> nope. Man, when people in DC try to have fun, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> this is worse than the Capitol steps. This makes me wish that like uh, Russian cyber attacks were real. You know, this would be a perfect opportunity for them to, um, I don't know, cause some kind of electrical failure that made the building burn down. Or yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of rooftops in yeah. DC. Whole lot of a lot of really good viewpoints. Yeah. To, you know, see large groups of people. <laughs> the only comment on this on YouTube says, Thank you, our patriotic brothers. Who are they thanking? These guys? I guess that's their patriotic brothers. I was brothers. looking at that. There's some libs who come in and say, Man, I'm, I'm thankful we finally have a cool Secretary of Defense. God, 
That is like the Obama mindset. Who was the last guy? Mike Pompeo? Yeah. Yeah. He would never know about classic rock. (laughs) Wonder what Mike Pompeo listens to. Probably Frank Sinatra. Yeah, certainly nothing more contemporary than that. Just the sheer dichotomy of like doing shit like like corny shit like this and then the next day sitting and you know listening to uh i don't know two hour debriefing about like drone procurement or like target viability (laughs) yeah it's pretty bleak picture of of power man actually it really just makes me think of uh, alex's article about Hamilton and like what does it say that our elites love this kind of crap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have such bad taste. It's crazy. It's insane. I I got to say whoever's got their finger on the trigger of the uh, tummy ache weapon, you know, the Havana syndrome gun, blew yeah. blew it by not pointing it directly at the building that this happened. <laughs> Just spontaneously giving all of those people diarrhea while they're playing would be incredible. That that's a geopolitical win. Well, we got a few more I'd years love of to see them run to the bathroom. <laughs> There's still a chance, you know. I'm, I hope he has a few more performances in the next couple of years. Yeah. Let's see. I think that's all we got for for Blinken and the Coalition of the Willing. Ugh. He has a very small oeuvre. He's got a couple singles on Spotify that are shitty, but not really in an interesting way. They're very amateurish, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Well, he's keeping it real. It's DIY, I guess. Yeah, it's like garage band sort of sounding stuff. You would think if he knows uh, all these famous musicians, he would be able to get like uh, Rick Rubin in there or something. Well, yeah. Well, maybe he just calling a big dog. Maybe Who he cares? just wants to. Maybe he's keeping it real. He just wants to stand on the, you know, stand on the merits of his own uh, creativity. He doesn't need. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised he's putting his his stuff on Spotify at all. But that kind of proves what we're talking about here where he kind of does care, you know? He's like, he does want this stuff to be on Spotify and shit. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is if if you're the defense secretary, like if you're in the government, you shouldn't be allowed to make art. Sorry, <laughs> not in America, <laughs> not here in Canada either. You know, Or at least wait till you're permanently retired like George Bush or something. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Not a lot of great art from politicians in history no no not really (sighs) some of them dabbled some some people were competent but uh no one really made great strides yeah no unless you want to go down to the level of like counts and stuff yeah it's true not a lot of great novels coming out of uh coming out of people in the government although didn't well, that Wait. Bill Clinton, James Patterson yeah. one, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was great. Yeah, it was, I just remember that existed. Amazing book. No, I never read that. I wonder if, if anyone I'm did ever read in that, hospice like... care, I think I'll read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just... It's one of those I'll books get into that, those, like, like, boomer liberals buy, but then even most of them probably don't read. Yeah, or they don't make it all the way through. They get a third through, and then they're just like... Yeah. I would love to just pop a, pop a fatal dose of phenobarbital... And crack open a John Grisham. <laughs> Just fade away. Sometimes uh, sometimes politicians have, uh, you know, famous artists in their family. And in the case of uh, 
Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, they uh, sneak their grandfather's like legacy into the government mandated uh, kindergarten to six educational curriculum. That's so funny. It's amazing. So like, uh, Kenny managed to sneak his granddad, Mert Kenny, uh, and his granddad's band, the Western Gentlemen, into um, provincial education curriculum for jazz. Uh, so it's Mark Kenny's song "When I Get to Calgary" is like taught in schools, and then Glenn Miller, and that is the entirety of the jazz, uh, the jazz program for those for those ages. So no black people. <laughs> like, Glenn Miller and Jason Kenny's fucking granddad. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. If you're gonna go that route, you should do Paul Whiteman. Who's Paul Whiteman? Because he's got the funny name. He was uh, uh, sort of like Glenn Miller, uh, a white jazz band leader. And he had an integrated band, and he wasn't racist, but it is funny that his name was White Man. <laughs> he was uh, yeah. a jazz guy back then. If you're going to have one white guy as the jazz representative, you should make it that one. Yeah. Just to give it a give it a punch. Yeah, it's a little, make sure it's a little on the nose. I think that uh, more politicians should do that, though. In America, we should only learn about uh, Bill Clinton as a saxophonist. Yeah, exactly. Glenn Miller died on a USO tour. Oh, really? He was, he, yeah. He was. Uh, it was a plane crash. Oh, like uh, over, just like the big over France. Just I like think. the big bopper. Yeah, it's too bad that doesn't happen anymore. Like all the time, three doors down went over to Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the chain kid, smokers kid has rock been and like, killed in Afghanistan. Well, now you guys are out of Afghanistan. There are less and less opportunities for um, what they got to do is switch it from like USO tours to like um, private shows for all of the weird like Delta Force people who are in like uh, sub Saharan Africa or, uh, you know, um, Central Asia. Like whatever kill yeah maybe uh, whatever kill team is in Uzbekistan right now waiting to destabilize Belt and Road like they should send uh, I don't know Da Baby over there to do a show yeah actually we should have Eric Prince create a privatized version of USO tours oh and do it that way yes I there's more money to be made Chainsmokers first band to do that yeah they would they would absolutely do one hundred percent because like we were saying earlier they had a show where uh, the Goldman Sachs CEO opened for them so. They're always looking for opportunities like that. They go live on Instagram and they're like, yo, everybody, we're out here supporting the troops. And they instantly get killed with headshots from like half a mile away because uh, America's not supposed to be wherever they are. Yeah. <laughs> they would get tropical diseases. Yes. <laughs> the members of Buck Cherry have died of yellow fever after prolonged exposure to the elements in Mali. <laughs> well, who's next? Next, we got uh, the Knicks owner, James Dolan. I found a good article about one of his shows on SB Nation. This is from maybe 20... It's from 2017, uh, where James Dolan, his band JD and the Straight Shot were performing at like some, one of those like kind of winery venues in New York City uh, at the exact same night and exact same time as the NBA draft. So just a complete disregard for his team. Like, he doesn't give a shit, you know? Hey, man, he's got a gig to play. He's gigging. Yeah, this is his passion. Yeah. Give up the gig. He's got he's to gotta run a stupid basketball team so he can work on his music career. That's right. His dad invented HBO. 
man. I learned that. Wow. Wow, you mean he didn't pull himself up by his own bootstraps? He just happened to be in a rich family and stayed very rich? Yeah, he inherited the whole thing from his dad, Chuck Dolan. Oh, my God. What a shocker. <laughs> and apparently his uncle owns the Cleveland Indians. Oh, man. Oh, dude. So it's like he, uh, every member of this family has a, has a different team, like a noble house. It's funny when yeah. it's funny when like American pundits get bad at Russian oligarchs for owning European football teams. <laughs> you know, like I'm glad we don't have oligarchs here. Yeah. Like over there in the bad places. They're doing it in a bad way. Yeah, here everyone worked for it and earned it. That's right. You can tell because they sing songs about working hard. Yeah. Okay, it was in The Simpsons that Smithers took the shots to keep him straight. Every 10 minutes. It was in the future oh, yeah. episode. So uh, anyway, that's what uh, JD and the straight shot is a reference to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, this in, the SB Nation article about the show, uh, tickets ranged from 20 to 25 bucks. Uh, and the writer showed up, uh, you know, just pretty soon after Doors and was like the only person in the venue. And then by the time the band went on, the house was maybe a quarter of the way full. So you're looking for some good. I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking of all the excuses I've heard from promoters when it's the place has been a quarter full. I wonder if I wonder if uh, I wonder if he got those excuses. Like, oh, sorry, man, um, university's not in session. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, man, <laughs> university school's back in session, so everybody's like just studying really hard i've heard both of those um it's summer it's winter <laughs> it's spring uh it's fall uh there's another more popular show in town somewhere whatever sorry we misprinted the address for the venue on three quarters of the uh, that's actually happened to me before <laughs> in greece yeah oh, really i played a festival in greece where they uh they didn't misprint it but the, it, they moved the location of the festival all the way to the other side of Athens without telling anyone. <laughs> They're like, shit, we don't have the permits. Got to move the festival. They secured another location and then we're like, no time to inform the people who buy tickets. <laughs> so like we played it in an, like it was just like a kind of a half stadium and no one showed up. There was like maybe 200 people there. They were expecting like 8,000 people at this festival. It was was it an old style amphitheater? Um, it was not. It was not an old style amphitheater. It was like like damn, a damn. It wasn't one from your. No, no, it wasn't That's one too from bad. days of your. And at the end of the show, um, they were like, "Great show, everybody. Sorry about all this. Okay, so here's the deal. You know, here in Greece, we've been having some." financial trouble and everybody was just like what the fuck what is going on and they were like we can't pay you now oh man so just like all these international acts were like and they had put us up in a five-star hotel in athens and we were just like and they they were like at least you got the hotel <laughs> incredible god anyway that's my story about playing in greece that's germany's fault yeah it really is yeah germany's True. on the hook for that gig yeah yeah, we should have driven straight to Frankfurt and been like, where's our money? <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to uh, the JD and the Straight Shot show. 
Uh, she's describing how people start straggling in, and most of them appear to be connected to Dolan in some way. Judging by the friendly way, they all greet each other, shake each other's hands, and pat each other's backs. But a few people sat apart uh, farther back from the stage and looked less businessy. One couple, Michelle and John Sheldon, were there celebrating their wedding anniversary. They'd come from Rochester to see their daughter in the city, heard about the show, and figured they'd check it out after listening to a few of the band's songs. Michelle didn't know that Dolan owned a basketball team. Owner of the Knicks, huh? She said, looking around. You'd think there'd be more people here. <laughs> That's a crazy kind of tourist. The people who are in town and they actually look at what's going on. Yeah. Like, hey, well, what's going on in town? And they pick a random thing, like a band they've never heard before. Yeah, and a shitty one at that. <laughs> it's it's a vanity project. It's something that's objectively listed as a vanity project. <laughs> well, we're in New York City. That's like the music version of Michael Scott going to the Sabaro yes. to get a New York yeah. slice. Yes. <laughs> Let's get a but taste I mean, of the city. I guess by tourist standards, this is off the beaten path, though, because the tourist cliche is to go uh, to Times Square and get one of those flyers for a comedy show, and then you go to that. Yeah, no, you... This must have seemed much more uh, like... You want to have an authentic New York experience. And in a way, they did have an authentic New York experience because they watched like the owner of a sports team play a show to nobody uh, with his Vanity Project band. Ooh, and his son is in his band, too. Oh, cool. He's setting up that next generation of hardworking... In, uh, you know, industrious billionaires. I'm glad we don't have oligarchs here. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. If we ever get those, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> you just got to keep the correct amount of freedom flowing out of the democracy tap. You got to get the balance just right. And then that, and then you'll never have oligarchs. It'll never happen. I like, I, I think maybe the New York Times description of his voice was a lot more brutal but uh, her description in this article is, uh, his voice isn't terrible, but it's not terrible in the same way that the voice of your coworker, the one who can kind of sing, isn't terrible at three beers after karaoke. Wow. <laughs> and I like that she remarks that he looked like he was having fun. Like it's like a, you know, like a children's performance or so something. It's the cla that's the classic thing, you know, like you watch a bad band, they get off stage and uh, they're like, so what did you think? And you say... Looked like you were having a lot of fun up there. Yeah. <laughs> good good energy. A lot of energy on stage. I admire your passion. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that. And then, of course, uh, they launch into his song about Trayvon Martin called Under That Hood. And when I read this earlier, I got extremely worried because the lyrics go, there's no good under that hood. And I was like, oh, my God, he didn't do an anti-Trayvon song, did mm -hmm. he? But then it turns out it's like confusingly pro Trayvon <laughs> where he's like, I guess he's changing perspectives or something, but it's, it's a really bad song. Wait. And Alex, like you were saying, the instrumentation itself just sounds so racist that it's very poorly done. Yeah. It's this bluegrassy kind of stuff that feels so inauthentic. Like it never feels authentic unless it's actually a guy on a porch hooting on a jug. <laughs> uh, but he's a rich Irish guy from New York. Like you're not, you're not from the holler. I don't know why you have banjos in your shit. Like, that is just not your tradition at all. Also, is he writing from the point of view of the person who shot Trayvon? I think he's switching around. Like, the lyrics aren't written out anywhere online, and I only listened to it once. But I think he switches back and forth uh, between Zimmerman and Trayvon. Because then he goes into the first person as Trayvon, which is also super tacky. Yeah, 
where he's just like, I'm just, I'm just walking around on this street with my hoodie on or this, whatever. This is definitely, this is Michael Scott shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in very it really bad is. Taste. It's fucking so bad. It's just like, like the point this article makes as it goes on is just no one has ever told him no in his entire life. So like, why would anyone tell him no about that song? Yeah, just like Grimes, you know. I feel like there's a lot of people like this. Yeah. Oh, this is a good scene to cover, though. Uh, a few minutes later, during the final chords of another song that sounded the same as all the others, there was a commotion behind me. You're a terrible singer, yelled two guys in suits and shirts a table away. You're a bad singer, they continued louder. Don't quit your day job. This is terrible. I want my money back. Who are you? How'd you get a job singing for a band? <laughs> and then the, those guys got kicked out. <laughs> How did they get in? I'm sure they paid the $20 just like... Uh, those are else. such mild heckles too you're bad at playing music yeah you're not very good at guitar that was the author's uh point in the next paragraph that she was saying like there was no vulgarity or anything so it seemed like they were trying to straddle the line but then they just got kicked out anyway <laughs> that must be coordinated maybe it's ex-employees yeah that show up and they want it, they don't want to get kicked out they want to cause maximum damage <laughs> You're a little pitchy. Yeah, yeah. It could be a little, this is a little flat. Uh, but as that was happening, Dolan stood on stage smiling the way you smile when you're trying to pretend you think something is funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Uh, I think he's cool, though, because he has a band. Yeah. Yeah, a band is inherently cool, no matter how bad it is. Oh, one more important thing from this uh, thing where... Uh, during the concert, he kept talking about how his band, his band's music makes it into films. Madison Square Garden Company is a corporate partner of the Weinstein Company. <laughs> Gee, I wonder how it keeps getting in films, you know? Which films? Probably uh, Paddington Bear 2 or something like that. I don't know. Some Weinstein joint. It would be funny if he got a song in Hateful Eight or something. Yeah. It's possible. Oh, also, he was having a, some onstage banter about how fake news is polarizing the country, even though he donated $300,000 to Trump's campaign the year before. <laughs> Seems like a really stupid move on his part. You'd think he would want to keep up appearances, owning a basketball team and, like, being a New York businessman. Like, even Trump in that sphere, he was a Democrat nominally. Because that's what you do. Yeah. You don't say you're that's a, a Republican. Point. You can be a Republican, but like, you don't want to do something as gauche as donating money to the GOP. Mm -hmm. Here's another good conversation she had with some people at the show. Uh, like three kind of youngish guys who are dressed uh, in two of them in polos and one of them in a suit. One's like, yeah, I came to get drunk, but yeah. And then they all started laughing. And uh, she asked if they live in the city. And they're like, yeah, we're interns. We all go to Duke. We're all interning at banks. You may have heard of the one he works for, said the guy in the salmon-colored polo. It's called Goldman Sachs. Oh, my God. So that's who goes to these shows, too, is just the next generation of horrible finance yeah. guys. Salmon-colored is never good. Never good. It's incredible. It's almost like they're, they're building like their entire, uh, an entire little culture bubble that they can live in, where like going to see a band means going to see fucking... <laughs> going to see an old guy just play a bunch of shitty originals i'm gonna start networking by uh going to jd and the straight shot shows and just trying to find people who look like uh banking employees and be like oh uh, you work at goldman damn they, i've always thought that's such a cool company 
That's a very funny type of guy. Hear about it. Like someone who thinks that whoever has the most money, they must be the best at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like every single thing. So those must be the guys who have the the best music, the best books and stuff. And they're also the hottest guys. 100%. James Dolan is the hottest man alive because he has the most money. So after all this talking about him, we need to finally listen to one of his shitty songs. Yeah, let's do it. Do we... Do we want to hear uh, Better Find a Church or The Great Divide? Hmm. Hmm. I guess let's do Better Find a Church. I haven't actually listened to this one yet, so it'll be it'll be new yeah. to us. I heard a snippet. Oh, this is a professional video. Nice. Better find a church. Oh, I hate this. Better find a Yeah, of all the artists we're talking about, he might be the worst because it's just so boring, too. Like, at least watching Anthony Blinken was kind of funny, but this is just garbage. This is a song. This is like an existing song. It's not a cover, but it's ripped It's ripped off from something. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Probably a lot of things. It's supposed to be the Lumineers or uh, what's that other one? Uh, the Jordan Peterson guy. Yeah, of uh, of Monsters and Men. No, um, I think that's the same too. Though at the end of the day, some sort of brothers. It's like Fa- Mumford and Sons. Oh, Mumford, and, Mumford Sons. and Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, that's just the same. Yeah, they're dressed in that like fake Great Depression getup. I hate that shit. Oh, me too. Every every ten years or so, uh, Americana comes back and uh, like comes back in music, and it always sucks. I hate that era of Americana. If you're gonna do it, you got to go back to like the 1700s, 1600s. <laughs> it's gonna be fife and drum music, man. Yeah, I, or at I don't least really ham it up, like 20s stuff. I, I want to see it if they have like a bindle over their shoulder or something. And their toes are sticking out of their boots. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's forgivable if they actually live on a train. Yeah. The drums are just a bunch of different can- sized cans of beans. Yeah. If they have shackles broken on their ankles because they were on a chain gang. Yeah. <laughs> they have a chain attached to like a comically large iron ball. They all have to carry it. If it's a man and his very large, mentally disabled friend who loves rabbits, <laughs> one of them is one of them yeah. is wearing a barrel. These are all the people who are permit, permitted to make Americana. Yeah, but definitely not CEOs. He's an Irish guy from New York. It would make sense a little bit if he was even from like Virginia. You know what's bad is uh, acoustic guitar, like acoustic guitar shredding, like just sing. Yeah, that's solo. Single that's note good. acoustic guitar solo, not good. Steel string acoustic guitars weren't really meant for soloing. No, they're meant for uh, meant for playing chords. Nylon string. Yeah, you, that was sort of meant for soloing. You could do that. You can classical sh- guitar. You can shred on a nylon string guitar. But steel string single notes doesn't sound too good. Mm-mm. Yeah, we had two of this guy's songs pulled up, but I think that's enough with just one. That shit is so boring. Yeah, that was that was bad. Twenty fifteen. Yikes. Also, isn't he Irish? Is like, I guess he's Protestant because that was. <laughs> 
I think that was like a Baptist church in the video. And it's a church, not uh, the church. Yeah, it's not the capital C church. So I don't know what he's even talking about. Talk about St. Patrick's Cathedral. At least be authentic if you're going to be a reactionary. He's anti-papist. He wants you to go to <laughs> someone else's church. Yeah. Good, better find a church, any church. Uh, it doesn't matter. Lutheran church, uh, Anabaptist. Church of Satan. Church of Satan. Church's chicken, like whatever. Just find one. If it's got the name in it, good enough. With any other artist in that genre, I would assume that they just found a church where they know someone and they let them use it for free. But I was kind of wondering whether he paid like 10,000 bucks to like rent that church out or something, you know? I feel or just bought it. There are a lot there are a lot of churches for sale. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I feel like he just told somebody, "Hey, I want to I need not I want, I need to make a music video for my band. Just make it happen." And then it probably all spun out from there. And it was all worth it because it fucking rocked. How many uh, views does that have? 282,000. Wow. The likes and dislikes are crazy on these. Yeah, it's it's lots of dislikes. People Three to one like ratio it. of dislikes to likes. And comments are turned off. So you got to assume <laughs> most of these are hate listens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even with that in mind, it's still more than I expected. But uh, doing our CEO roundup here, we got to move on to the current CEO of Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Uh, David Solomon, a.k.a. DJ D-Soul. That's so dope. It's amazing. D-Soul, you're crazy. Who did once open for the Chainsmokers. Very cool. Yep. This guy's like weirdly with it for his age. Yeah, he's like late 50s. He's not like a complete like, you know, necrotic ghoul. But, but compared to Anthony Blinken, like Anthony Blinken is younger than him, I think. Mm-hmm probably by five years or so, and he's playing Muddy Waters shit. This dude definitely got into the first wave of house house music and just never got out of it. Yeah, I respect him for that, that he was not listening to shit from 40 years before he was born, just to be extra lame, but it's lame in a different way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's check out this short CNN explainer video called Goldman Sachs' next CEO is a part-time DJ. I think we're going to have to read it out loud because it's only subtitled it. This DJ might be the next CEO of Goldman Sachs. He looks so old. How is this yeah, the new kind of CEO? Funny in his 50s. I looked it up in uh, This Lloyd, is from like 2018 or Lloyd something. Lloyd Blankfein uh, is 66 now. So he retired at 62? Yeah, so Blankfein was actually younger as CEO. And this guy is like... Two years younger than him. Mm -hmm. Like I love the CNN report, this hard-hitting reporting here, where he's had gigs in the Bahamas, L.A., and New York, according to his Instagram bio. <laughs> Doing the hard work. Shouldn't they get a guy who's like under fifty-nine? Let's just keep it rolling here, too. This is him performing at like a Hamilton College party. And the floor is fucking packed because the students have to be there, but no one is dancing. Yeah, he's just playing like, like 90s it's a shame. house It feels music. like freshman orientation. Yeah, people should just look this one up on YouTube. DJ Diesel drops the beat, it's called. Because it's just funny that everyone's like facing away from the stage and like just talking. But uh, I think this is the right moment to point out something you found earlier, Alex, that... 
at that uh, charity event he played that the clip is from, uh, he played the Pink Panther theme, like his own remix on it. And it was an event to benefit, uh, it was like a charity addressing the opioid epidemic. It's just so <laughs> funny to drop the Pink Panther theme at, at an event like that. Yeah, it's uh, strong David Guetta energy. And he has shared the stage with David Guetta before, so he got his uh, political sensibilities from him. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I guess he is still uh, a very lame old guy. Even if he's more up to date, because the Pink Panther theme, making a remix of that, that's so lame. Yeah. Especially at like a university event where it's like all like 18 year olds, kids who are like 20 now. What the fuck is this shit? You know what kids love? Kids love, uh, yeah, 90s house music uh, interpolated with the Pink Panther theme. They're going to go crazy for this. It's very postmodern. It's like a horrible fever dream. <laughs> yeah. It's like college freshman rave where the DJ is the Goldman Sachs CEO. Yes. <laughs> and he's playing 90s remix of uh, a song from the 60s. That was itself sort of a throwback. Yeah, it seems like a scene that got cut from one of those early 2000s like college movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I assume what happened was they were setting up this gig and... Uh, they saw him like loading up, uh, loading up the equipment, and they all thought, "Wow, it's really nice of the DJ's dad to help him load up. <laughs> he must be late for the show." And then they realized, "Wait a minute, the old guy is the DJ." Do you think he made a big donation to the charity event in order to perform? One hundred percent, definitely. I- yeah, no, he got paid. Makes a lot of sense to me, but <laughs> I hope so. He got paid a hundred grand to play that show. What really? He's a worker. He needs to be paid for his... And it all came out of the kid's tuition. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe. I uh, My theory is that he's never been paid to play music and only pays to play uh, these shows. He's having fun. Honestly, you do kind of have to charge for it. Or else you're going to get people telling you you're a recreational musician. Yeah, that's you true. You have to have those or receipts. You're gonna get, that's a good point, too. Like... You're going to get nothing but hecklers if you do a free show as this guy. Like, you need to have a ticket price to make it not as fun to heckle you, where it's like, eh, I don't want to pay 20 bucks to heckle him, you know? Why not make the ticket price uh, as, as high as possible? <laughs> $18,000. Don't even pretend to be uh, in act for the popular tastes. Just pretend you're in Versailles. Play your shitty blues rock for people who want to play, want to pay $50,000 a plate. Yeah. Yeah, it's no different than like a political fundraiser along those lines, you know. Yeah, except for being being You're, for a cause, it's going to you so you can live your your other dreams out because uh making an absurd amount of money uh is not enough. Yeah, well, artists deserve to be compensated for their work, so who are you to say he shouldn't charge as much as That's he can, right. you know? I think what we have to do is get the real artists out of those slots like John Legend and Bruce Springsteen and the people who play like Obama's birthday party and gigs like that, we got to get them out of the picture somehow so the slots are opened up and they have to say, why don't we do it? Yeah. Why don't we be the entertainment we want to see in the world? 
That's right. Yeah, it's like when you're putting together a house show with your friends. It's just like, oh yeah, my friend's band will play and we'll play, whatever. That's exactly it. You know, we'll get DJ D Soul up there, JD in the straight shot. Yeah, they need to. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get my dad to do a DJ set and also my grandpa and my <laughs> uncle. Yeah. They need to close the circle. Let's check this out. I haven't watched any of this yet, but um, there's a video of DJ D Soul talking about uh, his second, his double life as a DJ. Let's see how this interview goes down. Now, our own Julia LaRoche sitting down exclusively with Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon last night. Here she is. Hey, guys. Where he opened up hey, about uh, uh, sitting down with an exclusive ego, We did Yahoo talk Finance. about that. I, I got to spend about five and a half hours with David Solomon yesterday afternoon time. at his alma mater, Hamilton College, going around talking to students at economics classes, the Career Center, and then an hour and a half long panel. And we talked about everything from he's been in the role. CEO for six months now. Mm -hmm. He's uh, all about the culture at Goldman. You know, the workforce now there is almost like 70% millennial or Gen the Z. Which is, you see, you know, when, that's, when is this video? We're from? Over, they relaxed the dress code. We talked about his DJing. He's got a top hit right now on Spotify for house music. And I think that makes him more relatable that's when it impressive. comes to yes. connecting with the next generation. <laughs> this is so, so funny talking about how the company is 70% millennial. So good. Which is not true. I'm passionate about. Um, but what it does do is, um, you know, I'm extremely focused. This on is really supposed to make him look cool. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, it, it can be intense at times. You know, I spend time on the weekends. You know, I do this occasionally. I spend time producing music, making music, you know, on Sunday afternoons. It, it, it takes my head, you know, out of the very, very strong. Oh, it kind of sounds like a hobby. And it gives me a distraction. Kind of exactly. You know, Sunday afternoons. Activities that they takes do, your mind really off things. This. And I think it sounds like something you talk about doing, but don't actually do. Yes. Like old guys <laughs> love doing. You know, focus on this or do this. It kind of energizes me. It takes my head, you know, out of work mode, Goldman Sachs mode, and puts it into something a little bit more creative. I realized earlier the key to doing this that he's missing well, is that he needs a marshmallow-style head thing. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, he's blowing it. A lot of the younger people that work at Goldman Sachs. Then you wouldn't be able to tell he's old. And the other thing I Unless he like busts his hip, swaying back and forth, and starts grabbing his hip, and oh! Tens of young people. But until then, they might think he's 21. Saying, "Hey, I work at Goldman Sachs, and I'm proud to work at Goldman Sachs, and it's nice to meet you." And that's you know that's really gratifying, really gratifying. Oh no! Did you hear that last part? No. The, the wardrobe he was saying that when he performs, yeah, there's all these young people who come up to him after the show, like, hey, I work at Goldman Sachs, and I'm really proud to work there. And he thinks that's, like, flattering rather than them feeling obligated oh, to do that. Oh, that's bleak. Yeah, they're going to their boss's concert at a college. Like, wow, they love me. They bothered to show up to my shitty show. They must really love me. The days since, and it's all about just feeling comfortable and dressing appropriately for the situation that you're in. So maybe, you know, I'm wearing jeans right now. Yeah, it's not the same Wall Street that completely collapsed the American economy, you guys. They let you wear jeans there now. Now you can wear jeans, yeah. It's changing. It's millennials. It's more flexible. It's not so buttoned up anymore. Yeah, even at Goldman Sachs. But, I mean, you run your own country. Millennials, we're flexible. Not so buttoned up. I'm jumping ahead. Jay Wong, going to be 2020. All right, no, but you run your own company. I mean, what about the culture fix? Why is Yahoo still in existing? Financial media is so unreal. Like an adult. And so... If you have a business meeting and the other side generally gets stressed, all like financial media like this is only puff pieces about CEOs, you know? Yeah. It's kind of the same with tech media, too, which I guess is sort of rolled into financial media now. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, it is the worst uh, subgenre of media. There's like the least critical thinking in it of anything, yeah. other than maybe even like less analysis than like reporting. cable news. Yeah. The, the really amazing thing about this whole like short PR cycle about Diesel um, being a DJ that resulted in this and like the fucking Rolling Stone piece is that. The work that he was taking his mind off of during this period was um, defrauding the country of Malaysia of billions of dollars. Yeah, and what you said, he took like a 30-something percent yeah. like salary cut, but he's still the CEO. Yeah, he's you know? still the CEO. He took a uh, $10 million salary cut, 36% of his yearly salary, for being involved in this uh, massive like corruption scandal surrounding... Uh, a development fund that they managed called uh, One Malaysia Development Berhad or One MB, uh, MDB and uh, hoovered billions of dollars out of uh, Malaysian bank accounts. <laughs> like totally fucking tanked the economy of that country. Pure evil. Oops, but he at least he apologized by taking a somewhat smaller salary while still having millions in benefits. Yeah. That's so funny that they do that. Like, who is that supposed to appease? Yeah. Do the shareholders like to see that? Like, who is not in on the grift that's being convinced by that? Like, don't even do it. Yeah, and that... That, Don't pretend that, like... Oh, I think it's like fake like, oh, contrition. Damn, I'm really going to have to tighten my belt. I usually assume it's aimed at regulators to make sure that they never regulate exactly. anything. Of it's just like false contrition. You're like, oh, you know, I'm we're sorry it happened, but it won't happen again. Here, I'll punish myself. You know. Yeah. It, I'm gonna have to take out a second mortgage because I just got my salary cut, and man, I'm gonna have to think about things. I mean, and and like, <laughs> the funniest thing about this is that that 36 percent that got cut out of his salary was cut out of the part of his salary that consists of 10.85 million dollars in uh, stock. So it wasn't like they they were like, you need to write us a check for 10 million. <laughs> you know, They were just, or, or we're taking 10 million off your base pay or whatever. They're like, ah, oh, we're going to take some of your stock away for a brief period of time and you'll get it back. Why don't those guys, why don't, the, why don't those guys work for free? How come they play the music for free when they could be getting paid, but they won't work for free? They don't need the money. They like doing it. Well, yeah. Yeah, his passion is Goldman yeah. Sachs. <laughs> Goldman Sachs is his passion. It's the music's the real hard work, you know, the drudgery. That would be a much more interesting story. A DJ who's the CEO of Goldman <laughs> Sachs. Yes. Yeah. And has a like passion we, for like a passion for like complex finance. If we just found out that like Tiesto is the CEO of Goldman Sachs, his secret double life. Yeah, you'd have to give him credit for that. It's like Superman, he puts on glasses and no one <laughs> recognizes him. <laughs> and instead we have this bullshit. Yeah. Some real bullshit. I yeah, just, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into any more of it, but just reading through what he specifically and the people close to him did to Malaysia, did in Malaysia, uh, if he lived in a different country, maybe a country to the east of America, uh, he, he would be executed. Yeah. You want to talk about oligarchs? Glad we don't have yeah. him here. America, oligarch free. Ooh, his song Don't Stop was uh, placed on a Spotify playlist called Happy Summer Beats that has a quarter million followers. <laughs> Wonder how he landed that one. 
I guess it's because the song was really well, good. I just want to hear some happy summer beats. They mentioned in that Yahoo Finance piece that at one, I guess maybe for like a week or something, that that song was number one on the Spotify uh, electronic charts. Oh man, like, that's amazing! Just fucking oh, it's so funny. Yeah, gee, I wonder if it's number one because of playlist placement. Oh yeah, you know? I'm sure there's so much organic interest in this song. Everyone had to check it out. Yeah. Also, Goldman Sachs owns bits of Spotify, so like, come on. And I think Spotify owns bits of Goldman Sachs. They need to make a Goldman Sachs specific playlist. Money by Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, time by Pink Floyd. The Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd. It'll just be the. Uh, it'll just be Pink Floyd. Yes. Or it'll just be the wheels on the bus. Man, the taste of guys like Anthony Blinken. If he was playing like Pink Floyd covers, that itself would be lame. But what he actually plays is so much lamer that it makes you beg for like, I wish he would just do like another brick in the wall, you know? Goldman Sachs owned $75 million worth of Spotify shares in uh, 2017. Damn. Well, why doesn't Wolf Parade own uh, $75 million of Spotify That's a really shares? Good, you should have thought of that idea. That's a really idea. good question. Listen, if you want to put our music up on your platform, you're going to have to do something for us. And I don't mean uh, send me an email every month telling me how great the streams are going. Well, what if and one then, of you uh, became a CEO? Oh, man. I think that would put you over the edge. Yeah. Yeah, that might help. And what you got to start doing is go to the Spotify CEO's, uh, you know, novelty vanity shows and be like, hey, man, great show. <laughs> and then he'll become good friends with you because he's like, wow, he genuinely likes my terrible That's music. That's right. <laughs> Easy. And then I can finally get playlisted. Yep. And then it's all it's all going to be gravy from Sweet here on out. Sweet streaming gravy. So if any of the CEOs who listen to this show want to get in touch, we'll come check out your show. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing musicians complain about how hard it is to get paid from Spotify. You just have to grind. And by grind, I mean you got to start a band and play for CEOs and get to know them. Or your dad should have made HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your first problem, is that your dad didn't make HBO. I'm going to go back in time and give my dad the idea for HBO. What if there was a movie on TV? Yeah, <laughs> genius. Genius.